Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Podcast, the only show focused on Office 365 development, where Andrew and I talk to experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. All right, welcome to episode 121 of the Office 365 Developer Podcast. I'm sitting in sunny Seattle. Uh, Coatsy, where are you? Well, I'm, I'm actually for a change. I'm in the office in Sydney. Like normally, we I record this and I'm, I'm doing it from my home office, also in Sydney, but the, you know, 40 minutes away. But this week, we've been running a, a hackathon, an internal hackathon for uh, for my team and a bunch of people from the Microsoft Store here in Sydney. We're, we're kind of just coming up with a bunch of cool ideas that we could use to to spruce up the store, mainly around things like lights. So we're playing with stuff around um, around lighting the store up in different ways, playing with the surface dial to, to, to change the ambience in the store, um, uh, some stuff around um, some sounds, uh, using uh, using some of the new tech for as a mixing desk for a DJ, some very, very cool projects that are going on. So I'm really enjoying that, and uh, we're doing it here in the office. Wow, I want to come there and hack with you guys. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here for a hackathon too, but we're, um, we're doing bot and conversations as a platform type of thing. Still cool stuff, but not quite as neat as some of that stuff. That is pretty cool. Though. I, I think uh, like uh, the stuff we're doing is, is visceral and, and, and immediately appealing, but I think the conversations the platform stuff is strategically is just going to make such a big difference to the way we deal with computers. And, and we'll talk a bit later on to, 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 Rich, uh, to Rich Mo. I, mean, I really enjoyed doing an interview with him earlier about some stuff that those guys are doing to make that easy to do inside Teams. Yeah, so speaking of Teams, I think the, probably the biggest announcement for the week, I don't know about the biggest, it's a big announcement, is we knew this was coming. We have announced the the GA date for Microsoft Teams. So Microsoft Teams next week, March 14th, will become generally available. There will be a online event. Uh, there's a link to it. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. So uh, it's pretty neat to finally see this come to fruition. Uh, we don't have. We talk a little bit on the show today about what that means from an extensibility standpoint. Really didn't get into the end user side of things all that much, but you know, if you've been putting off Teams because it was in preview, you're not going to have that excuse for much longer. <laughs> absolutely, um, that, that absolutely true, and, and um, I think that it's, it's an exciting it's an exciting time to be a developer in that space. In fact. While, while we're talking about exciting times to be a developer, of course, in the last couple of days, uh, Visual Studio 2017 uh, RTM as well. That's right, yeah. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm in Building 25 this week on campus, and it's, uh, it's the new uh, Channel 9 studios are in this building. So there's been lots of people in and out of here like doing things related to, to the Visual Studio uh, announcement. So I guess that means I, I have to go and like rebuild a, a, my PC because uh, I, I, especially with something like Visual Studio that has so many hooks into so many things, I'm not a big fan of uninstalling, reinstalling. I usually just lay down a new image and call it fresh. I'm with you on that as well, except one of the things they've been really talking about is how they've changed and improved the setup experience. Now, I think like for people like you and me who have been build, loading you know, every build since it came out, it's a great idea to pay for your machine and start again. But I think if you've been going just through the, the standard RC builds, you might be pleasantly surprised about how well it just uh, it just does its upgrade. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Um, speaking of things that have been upgraded and 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 and, uh, and look cool and new, did you spot the fact that the Office Graph portal's been been updated? 
Yeah, I saw that. It's actually it's no longer graph.microsoft.io. You can still go to that website, but it redirects you to developer.microsoft.com. So like it feels like we're starting to unify the all-up developer story across all the different things at Microsoft. Right. Absolutely. So that, yeah, that was... That was a big announcement the other day, and there's some uh, you know great links to sample pages and, and uh, examples, the SDKs, the, the Graph Explorer even lives in a new place now. Yep, yeah, super, super cool. Speaking of the graph, uh, honestly, I, I said maybe the Teams GA isn't the biggest news of the week because I actually think this is huge, this next thing is, and, and you really have to go read the blog post about this from uh, out on dev.office.com, but we're adding uh, custom data extensions to the Microsoft Graph. Uh, this let me try to summarize this. This gives you, as a developer, your the ability to basically put your own data and store it in the graph with like a user. Uh, so maybe I want to figure out what someone's favorite color is, like a background color that they like to have in their user interface. Uh, I could store those user preferences in the graph for that user and all I have to do is specify like a unique namespace for it. So you create this extension, and you can start storing your own data in the graph. This, uh, is, this cool. is yeah, I mean to me this is pretty groundbreaking. And you know we've done lots of work to deliver data from the graph, but this is where you can you know start putting your own data in it. And I love the fact that you basically get a property bag uh, for your for, for that gets attached to objects in the graph. So you get a property bag that gets attached to a user, or, or a uh, or, or a, a group, or, or an event, or a message, or whatever it happens to be, and then you can use you, you can access that whenever you retrieve that user, or group, or event, uh, and, and you know it, it, it's rather than having to have your own data store for ancillary pieces, you can now store them in the with, with the with the objects themselves. It's really very clever stuff. Um, we've had this for a little while with with some of the Outlook based uh, objects. Uh, and yep. I remember playing with this. I think it was called Open Extensions, or um, what was it called before that? It was called something like uh, the Office 365 Data Extensions, I think, um, which is which is really neat. Uh, so that's very cool. But then, in addition to that thing that goes, uh, 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 where we 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 act, where you basically extend individual resources, you can now actually extend a whole schema. You can attach an entire schema to to uh, uh, to, to objects. Um, which means you can filter and all sorts of things based based on that. So rather than having an unstructured set of data, you can also have a structured set of data that lives with a class of um, with, with a class of objects, and that's that's really important as well because now you can start using that as part of your filter expressions and, and so on. And I also love the, the the idea that we've got the the concept of a namespace, so you don't get collisions. I mean, multiple people can store information uh, in the graph. Multiple applications can store information in the graph, and your namespace will will make sure that it doesn't collide with theirs. So another update, the, the PNP team, they have uh, released another uh, one of their PNP webcasts. This is on provisioning SharePoint assets for your SharePoint framework solution. Uh, and so, you know, that team always is, is doing some great stuff. So uh, definitely check this out. Hats off to them, man. Every week they come out with some more great content. And um, as someone who produces content, and, and you are as well, uh, I, I just, uh, I'm in awe of how much excellent content these guys produce week after week, as well as doing their day jobs. 
No kidding, no kidding. It's um, and, and it's great to see like the community being a part of it. Uh, that it has to be one of the richest communities that I know of in all of Microsoft. Um, if you look at the the community involvement that they've had there, so awesome, awesome job there. So, man, I came across one the, the other day that uh, I had to do a quick double take on, and I saw who the, who the author was, and it made a bunch of sense. Bringing Clippy back into uh, into the office ah, uh, with <laughs> office add-ins with like the bots. I did it. It was awesome. So if I was, I was picked it up. Rich, Rich did a great, uh, a great blog post on uh, office add-ins with contextual box bots by the back channel. Tell us a bit about that. You know, it, it really follows uh, what I did with SharePoint, and I even mentioned it when it was two web uh, podcasts ago. I mentioned how you could kind of take the same approach with Office JS and inside of an Office add-in. So this was just like me catching up with my mind and and actually uh, <laughs> trying to build it, but. You know what's funny is I actually sat for for like a, a week and a half trying to figure out like a, a good scenario for this. I was like, oh, what, what scenario is going to resonate? And I wanted it to work both in document-centric add-ins but also mail add-ins because mail add-ins are kind of a little bit more unique. They they actually do have the identity available. They can even get tokens to call into uh, some of the exchange services. So I wanted to highlight both of those. And I'm like, well, how can I do this? How can I do this? And I finally just landed on – Man, I'm gonna I'm just gonna do something like Clippy. You know, Clippy was all about where you could like get help and ask for help. And so I was like, you know, how could like you take that a step further with the add-ins and maybe a bot is, you know, what if you had the ability just to kind of talk with a bot and it taught you how to do things in Office and maybe even perform some some of those functions by calling into Office JS. Mm-hmm. So that's what the sample is. It's really just showing how you could build a bot that actually works with Office JS using that back channel. Um, it's by no means even a fraction of the uh, completeness that cl- the real Clippy was. I just decided to steal its name. <laughs> well, mate, clickbait or not, it, uh, it seemed to work for me. Well done. <laughs> yeah, um, another good one in the, the community, Mark Rackley, who we had on at the beginning of the year, he put a blog post up on new and improved cascading dropdowns for SharePoint Classic Forms. And again, this is this goes to some of the patterns that Mark has become really well known for, for being able to inject some script and be able to kind of take over um, a, a user interface. And so, um, in this case, he's he's made and he's already provided a cascading dropdown solution. Uh, here he's made some updates, so that's out on his GitHub, and we'll have a link to this. And he has a good video. I didn't realize that. Uh, I, hopefully I'm not saying something he doesn't want me to say, but I didn't realize Rackley had such a following on YouTube. Um, I'm I'm Facebook friends with him, and he actually mentioned something about how he just got his first YouTube payout, and I heard the amount, and I'm like, whoa, like that's awesome. So uh, check out check out Rackley there as well. Um, I went, and he had some pretty interesting videos. So if, in addition to looking at his blog posts, uh, check out his YouTube channel. Yeah, very cool indeed. Oh, Stefan Bauer's been busy again. Uh, we, we had Stefan on. Uh, we were talking with Stefan for a while now. I guess uh, every every time we uh, we uh, we do a, an update, he's likely to be likely to feature. And he's doing this stuff on um, uh, using handlebars, uh, which is the, the, the syntax for inside SharePoint Framework. Yeah, and and I honestly, um, this is a a pretty unique scenario um, mainly because uh, I just haven't had 
the opportunity to work with uh, handlebars outside of Node handlebars. So this is Handlebars JS library and and how you might use that. So if you're you know, if you're like me and, and the first time when you ever use your handlebars, you immediately kind of gravitate towards uh, the the node, like doing an express application with handlebars. This is handlebars JS. So I think it's it's great to, you know, everyone has their favorite libraries and it's neat to see, you know, new um, and exciting libraries being used with that SharePoint framework. And it just goes to show like how open that platform is for being able to really build with just about anything you want. Um, we had Michael Svensson on last week, a, a great guest, uh, and uh, we made mention of how he had seen kind of this pattern with the funky accent colors that you got in, in modern sites and groups. Right. Um, nothing really all that developer-related to this post, but since we mentioned it last week, I wanted to make sure we had it in the show notes. Um, but the one that is new here, and this is a new blogger. Actually, I actually know Rick, but uh, Rick Van Roustlet. I, I I can't pronounce his name, and he's going to probably butcher me for that. But he's he's a really popular uh, enthusiast around SharePoint. Um, I know that uh, you know I, I see his name all the time, but I didn't realize where he was uh, blogging at. He's out on, on Medium.com. And uh, he actually, through some back channel, sent me a note saying, hey, I've been building this SharePoint admin bot uh, using the bot framework and bot auth and things like that. And, and so um, I thought this was fantastic. He's doing it as an open source project so that others can uh, some, do some things with it. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's maybe even some cool stuff where we could take the, the concept that I did with like back channel and his bot and even make it as something that – it, I, I wouldn't want to put it in something like central administration, but maybe in a, you know, a site collection that's locked down for SharePoint administrators. Uh, it seems like a, a pretty neat thing that he's done here. But he does have this turned on and published for web chat. He has it published for Teams, and I believe Skype was the yep, other channel I'm looking for here. Yep. Yeah, Skype. So uh, check this out, and the fact that it's open source, you can contribute to that. So I think that's a, a pretty neat one. Which is a neat idea. I like the idea of of, uh, of being able to do common things through a through a quick through a quick conversation with a bot, rather than having to remember what all the sequences are and dig out your PowerShell scripts or whatever it is you're going to do. Uh, spin me up a site collection or spin me up a, a new uh, whatever is is uh, is much easier than going through the whole process. I think. Yeah, we have you know the bot framework has all these form flows to like collect information easy, uh, and actually it's it's interesting. One of the more popular bots that we have out in the community right now is the Azure bot. Uh, I don't I don't know if you've had a chance to play with this, but it allows you to manage your Azure subscription. You know, you can spin things up, spin, like turn off my VM, do different things like that. Um, and it, it is super popular. This is like the Office 365 equivalent of it. And so um, I think this is awesome that Rick built this, and hopefully he'll get some people contributing to it. That'd be very cool. And of course, it wouldn't be a week without Victor Willen uh, uh, post, and he's not particularly cool on this week. Using, um, uh, in fact, the SharePoint Saturday, which we mentioned last week for Munich, he uh, he uh, released a Yeoman generator for Microsoft Teams tabs. Yes, this is fitting for our our ho- our guest today. Uh, is you know we're going to talk about Teams extensibility and. 
you know, the fact that the community has jumped onto Teams and is interested in, in being able to build things on top of it. You know, Wichter's background is really around SharePoint. He was a, you know, really popular SharePoint MVP. And to see him, you know, starting to show the interest on the Microsoft Teams extensibility side, so far as to even going and building some tooling, because there's really no tooling right now. I've built a bunch of tabs, and I, I'll tell you... Uh, uh, So to me, that's that's uh, super super cool that that's already out there. Awesome. So, man, I think that's about the end of our uh, end of our weekly updates. But I'm really looking forward to uh, to playing this interview with you with Rich Mo. Yeah, you know, it was it's great that they are a week from GA, and I, I can't tell you how busy everyone is. But the fact that he was able to find some time to cut out of his schedule and spend you know 30 minutes chatting with. A couple of blokes like us, um, I thought was pretty great. We'll we'll make sure that you know uh, maybe sometime after GA and they land even more features that we'll have him back again. But um, he's really in charge of everything related to what partners are doing, uh, building on top of Microsoft Teams. So let's uh, roll the interview. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Richard Moe. Richard is a program manager in uh, Microsoft Teams extensibility. So he's really the key guy that is working with partners to develop powerful scenarios and, and how they're able to do that through Teams extensibility. So Richard, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, you know, it's it's um, we we just recently were together and and uh, did a hackathon with some partners and saw some really cool things. And this seems really timely between that and and now this week we finally have put a date to the general availability of Teams. So we're going to see that you know next week on the 14th. Um, tell us what we can expect for developers at GA. Right. So we actually launched with an extensibility story when the product first rolled out in preview back in November. And um, we launched with some basic functionality that allowed users, allowed developers to create bots um, and tabs, tabs being our rich canvas um, concept um, that allows um, teams to pin rich SaaS web content into the team's experience itself. Um, We've, we've launched with those basic features, but we've been spending a lot of time um, closing some of the feature gaps that make, for example, Teams a great bot uh, canvas, a bot platform, um, as well as adding some more functionality that gets us closer to our broader vision of making Teams the kind of like your one-stop shop, your, your dashboard for your uh, day-to-day work uh, and uh, team collaboration needs. So uh, we'll continue to be adding, um, at GA, we've added some more uh, functionality to close those um, those gaps. For example, letting your bot at mention users, um, uh, providing some more um, uh, new commands like the invoke command, um, and other features like that that really just kind of close the gap um, with the goal of having a much more broader um, developer story um, here in the next few months. So that's there, you mentioned two there that I think we'll maybe want to talk a little bit more about. One is the the you know the whole concept of combining something like a tab and a bot together. I know that it, it was pretty gratifying. I think to see to I, I think validate engineering's direction when we went to that hackathon and you had all I think most people came in building bots and I think a lot of people left building bots and a tab because they saw how that provided that you know, additional additional canvas. Um, are, are, is that, does that seem to be kind of universally common with the different partners you've been working with? 
It really is a case. Even with some of the the guys who have developed really simple bots that really are just a call and response type of a bot. There, you know, when we when we show what you can do with a tab, they say, oh, "Well, what about maybe I can put my help page or my web page or my frequently asked questions in a static." Pinned, um, uh, pin tab. This is the, that's one of the features that we're rolling out for GA. Um, those of you who have been playing with Teams have noticed Tbot. Tbot is our own um, bot that we've created um, within Teams as kind of a, as your help guide. Um, alongside, if you open up a chat with Tbot, you'll notice that Tbot has its own set of tabs that are lit up, um, and that's the functionality that we're enabling here for. Um, for partners to utilize in GA. So you'll see some of the third-party partners that we've, uh, that we'll be launching with, um, have used that concept of a static, uh, pinned tab is what we're calling it, um, alongside their bot to be able to provide exactly what I'm saying, a FAQ or maybe a support page. You can put anything you want because ultimately that is basically just a web view into content that you're hosting wherever you're hosting your, your web content. Um, we also, of course, I, I talked about tabs a little bit more on that. Um, you know, the tabs, um, Concept is something that we think is really makes teams stand apart because what, what tabs is, is basically again, just a web view into the SaaS content that you're hosting yourself. You as, you're, you're, you as a developer are hosting yourself. And that is basically the rich view. Uh, you can use that as a rich view of the content that you might have otherwise had to only service through a bot conversation. If it's something that you're using your bot for, if it um, has con- persistent and consistent information that you want to use, leverage a uh, a rich view in, you can use that tab concept to pin that con- content right alongside the, the team channel um, where that work item might be being uh, discussed and used by your colleagues. That's very, very cool. I love the distinction between the dynamic conversation and the static set of information because often, as you say, the, the dynamic conversation comes back to that static information. Is there a way for the bot to kind of point to a specific link inside a tab? So I can imagine, for example, you ask the bot a question and it says, well, actually, we've got that answer in our FAQs and here it is. Uh, and we'll move you to that link. Yes, we have the concept of um, this was something we launched uh, just a few weeks back uh, called Entity Deep Linking. And that is the idea of surfacing a specific bit of content uh, that you as a, uh, as a developer have highlighted and made available to share in the team's concept, in the team's um, chat channel. And um, uh, you can create that deep link, um, share it in the channel, have a conversation around that. And that link actually launches the user who clicks it right into that tab, um, preloaded with the content um, that you've uh, originally sent, uh, created in that. So it allows you to really dig in and focus in and highlight the specific information that's relevant for you. For example, think of something like a um, project management tool where you have an item that um, you've assigned to a colleague. You can take a deep link to that specific work item and put it in the, make a link, send that link into the chat channel, have a conversation around that. That user can click that and it pre-launches, it launches right into that tab, highlight it, brings up that bit of content directly for that user. And it really does allow you to go in as much as you, the, you, the publisher, want to in your experience to, to, um, to allow users to pull out and have conversations uh, around the specific entities that are relevant to their workflow. So is like what's going to make, you know, for the preview you guys had kind of a separate process for uh, onboarding bots and tabs. Uh, what What's changing to help you deliver these more like unified? 
Yeah, so basically, um, I actually, uh, we just rolled out some changes on the on our documentation page talking about the new process that we would be um, allowing users to sideload their tab or bot experience. Basically, uh, um, and this is still in preview mode right now, but it allows a, um, a publisher to create a uh, a sideloadable package, which is basically a manifest that defines the tab and or bot um, that the experience requires, um, uh, that the experience wants to load into Teams, into a specific uh, team channel. Um, and that new uh, format allows you to not only um, specify all the tab information as, as um, that we released in preview, but it's also the way that you would ingest a bot into the Teams um, into the into a team, as well as the that static pin tab that I mentioned that goes along with that bot, and all of that is something that we just recently rolled out um, that is getting us closer to our vision of having a concept of more. Think of it as, for lack of a better term, a Teams app, um, in which the experience that you light up as a developer is in your control. You want a bot for an uh, interactive dialogue. You uh, That becomes part of your overall app package. You want a rich configurable tab that teams can configure for specific channels. That becomes part of that app package. Um, you want a static tab that's alongside the bot. Again, that's part of that sideloadable package. That's very cool. So have you had any feel for what parts of the industry has become popular in where people are building neat extensions for teams? Well, when you think about really what the, the Teams product is trying to address, it's to address team-based collaboration and productivity needs. Um, this is about creating a dashboard for teams working on projects to collaborate and share information. So the types of, of products that teams are using in their day-to-day -day workflow collaboratively are the ones that we find um, we're getting a lot of great traction with um, ISVs um, and even line of business um, uh, folks looking to see how they can bring their workflow or their favorite product or their third-party solution into Teams so it can become part of that day-to-day -day workflow that really makes Teams that kind of hub or dashboard that where you go to uh, as a team member to really see um, What's going on in your team? What's the status of your projects? Where are the tools that I need to uh, where, that I need to get my job done? And also to, of course, to collaborate and share and to work together with the, with your teammates. So it's productivity. It, you know, it's, it's applicable on all verticals. But some of the scenarios that are obvious is like sharing sharing um, data, sharing dashboards, productivity tools. Um, any sort of collaboration tools that they're using as part of their day-to-day -day workflow is really where we're getting a lot of traction uh, with interested ISVs and other publishers. So I know you are more directly associated with working with partners and what our partners are doing with bots. Are, are you? Do you have any visibility into what the the enterprise demands have been. I know you mentioned sideloading a few times, and you know that's probably going to be one of the more common approaches for our enterprise developers that maybe you know want to build some sort of like HR bot for their own company. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm not um, as, as close to that work, but I can tell you that uh, a great um, platform. Really requires that we're providing all the tools for the IT department um, or for the team leaders to control 
what the provisioning of the team experience is like. So that's one of the things that we're thinking of when we're thinking about how we onboard products and how we allow IT admins to turn on or preload specific bots or tabs based on what they, uh, as an enterprise, have validated and approved for use within the product. So that is high on our priority list. I just don't have the specifics on uh, on what that's going to look like. So the other, the other thing that it's really interesting, and and having been in the Office 365 developer space for a while, you know, we we actually it, it's recently changed, but like our our the if we rewound like three years ago, it was this trifecta of add-ins, APIs, and an open platform. And I, I still think we're there, but we've kind of shifted around, and you know, now we talk about insights and different things. Like it's it's very clear to me that Teams is going to be a really hot area from an add-in standpoint. Are are, are we going to see uh, in the near future, Is are there things like extensions into the Microsoft Graph so I can do things like, you know, within... Uh, it's already built on the group construct, so I can go and find a group, but can I start looking within the channels and be able, be able to do channel-specific things in the graph? One of the things that, that – that's one of the biggest requests we get. We are running in as part of Office, um, and therefore we already have an authenticated user, and everyone in that um, – in, in the team is an authenticated O365 user. And so that's one of the things high on our list is to be able to provide that level of information back. It's currently not there for GA, but that's something we are uh, – it's very high on our, our, our list to provide as quickly as possible to be able to leverage that fact that we are sitting right there on so close to the graph but yet don't have the credentials yet to, to fully access it. Look for that very soon. Um, that said, we do have the information. Um, that is part of the payloads that we send back for every message, for example, on bots that talks that allows you to query the roster of ID of user IDs within the channel. Um, it allows you to um, uh, we will soon have the ability to query the channels within that, and of course, we'll have the the tenant ID available um, for use um, as needed. So that's from one direction. I quite like Richard's question about the other direction as well, though. Do we do we have a concept of being able to reach sort of back into the Teams data from an application that's maybe not even part of Teams? Uh, you know, maybe read or even write back to the Teams data from some sort of external API. Do we have a concept of that? Uh, there is some, that's work that we're looking at. That is not um, on the short-term roadmap, um, but it is something that makes sense. In other words, taking teams outside, the, taking the, some of the functionality within teams outside of the teams environment is something that is on the longer roadmap. But um, but I can't comment on the uh, time frame for that. Yeah, I can. Talking a little bit like a behind the scenes there, uh, maybe this is airing a little bit too much of our dirty laundry, but I, I know that a lot of the motions for that are, are already kind of in, in flight. One of the things that makes me know this is when I query messages now um, in my inbox, I can see my conversations that have occurred within a Teams channel. I mean, that's all about like this is like we've always had a key differentiator in our platform is that. Like we want to provide all the productivity tools, but we do like like Rich Mo was saying, like we want we want like all of the important things for an IT and compliance standpoint. So e-discovery is going to be like extremely important that this supports that. And so uh, you know that's one reason why it's there, but the other reason is so that it's going to be something that is easily query queryable. So you could to some extent query it now in the graph. But I, I, I suspect a lot more will be coming, you know, soon after GA. 
Very cool. Um, so are there any other little tidbits you'd like to share with us, maybe uh, even if you can't give us dates? So some of the things that, uh, you know, our, our developer program, well, even though our product itself will be in, um, we'll, we'll, we'll hit that general availability um, next week, um, it is still going to be um, in preview mode for developers because there is a lot more that we have in mind. Um, one obvious thing is right now it's it's really a closed platform. We don't have the a way an easy way for um, for developers to take part in this ecosystem, and that's something that we're working very diligently on um, providing a way for um, anyone to create a Teams add-in and distribute it as a um, as a uh, a viable third-party plugin for the Teams experience. Um, you'll, we should have some more information on that in the, in the upcoming months. Um, you know, looking into leveraging what we can from the Office Store, um, and um, so so users can again, it's, it will be an open platform that uh, anyone can submit their products to and distribute through um, in the future. So, like, that's a good point. Like, and this is pretty typical of Microsoft. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but a lot of times when we're going to launch. A product and extensibility for it, we'll go out and, and kind of seek the scenarios that we think like will resonate really well. And I think this is like a similar scenario where with Teams, we went and looked at scenarios that just kind of made sense and fit really well within the team construct and kind of worked with those. And there, there were probably a few that maybe were proactive in reaching out to us. But I, I guess for like, – let's say that one of our listeners is – Maybe already built some amazing things for Microsoft Teams. Like, what is there? What is the path right now? Is it? Uh, do we need to put your home phone number in the show notes? Or <laughs> uh, um, that is, and that's where I'm saying in the next couple of months we should have a much better story. Uh, those who, those are the listeners who have solutions already built and ready to go. Again, just gonna need to uh, stay tuned for the next few months. We'll be rolling that out, and we'll provide a really great path. Um, a really easy and open platform and a way for you guys to to um, submit your products uh, through uh, the, uh, an established pipeline. Go and create your dev, Office Dev account now. Um, is uh, you Go do that regardless um, because that's going to be needed. Um, so that will be something you should see probably in, uh, in the next couple months. Um, in the short term, we do have a developer contact form on our MSDN page. Um, feel free to fill out that form. It goes directly to me. And so it's, it doesn't have my home phone number, but it will be clogging my inbox. And so you'll, you know, I'll see it. Uh, and so if there's something that makes sense for us to go through extraordinary hurdles to uh, go outside of our, uh, our upcoming plans, we'd certainly be willing to do that. So certainly put your ideas into that portal and um, we'll see where it goes. Otherwise though, it's our goal to make it an open platform. Um, you know, again, just like we've opened up uh, um, Office Graph and uh, for Office add-ins, um, you know, Teams should be another uh, platform that you can take your product to um, and distribute to anyone who wants it. Cool. So we'll make sure we have a link to that, uh, the, the, the form in the show notes. We'll also, you know, Richard's mentioned a couple times on updated developer documentation. Uh, so for our listeners, we'll, we'll have all that in the show notes so that you can quickly find all that. So, Rich, do you expect that uh, people are going to start monetizing extensibility in Teams, or do you think it's more going to be a way of sort of augmenting other monetization strategies? Well, um, 
Obviously, well, we're not going to provide our own um, uh, payment mechanisms. We're going to snap to whatever the store, office store, is providing and their timelines for providing that. That said, um, this is SaaS. These are all SaaS solutions that um, an end user can bring and monetize to whatever means they want to monetize. We are not... We're not going to be providing the payment mechanisms, but we certainly um, welcome paid solutions uh, to come onto our platform. Um, again, uh, for some of our early partners like Zendesk, obviously, you know, you need to have the Zendesk subscription to take advantage of that. And, um, you know, allow Zendesk user, Zendesk new customers that come, you know, the, they should, Zendesk should be providing that way, that entry point for new users there, and, and we're fine with that. That's, we're not going to block anything that's a paid solution. We're just not going to be providing the payment process itself. Looping back to another, you know, we kind of talked about the combined, you know, bot and tab story and, and some of the strategy and, and you know, uh, delivering a more comprehensive app for teams as, as part of that discussion. But another thing that you mentioned was uh, another uh, big thing that we've seen just, just recently, which was the ability to have bots be a part of a, a, a team conversation. Um, and, and so you can, you know, if you have a bot, you can at mention it. And that, in a sense, uh, makes it a part of that conversation where not only everyone in that channel can see it, but the bots getting the message as well. Um, so is, uh, are you seeing in, in the partners that we worked with the, you know, the individual, like, like, like more like one-off chats as being, uh, more popular or team-based chats being more popular? I think because of where, uh, the bots ecosystem is, I think, I think a lot of people think in terms of bots as my one-on-one conversation. Um, and as we app open up more platforms that allow that group conversation and allow bots to take part in the team conversation, I think we'll see a lot more interesting new cases for that. I think uh, uh, as far as our partners that we're working closely with now, um, we're probably 50-50. And some just flat out don't have a scenario that makes sense. And there, we, we certainly wouldn't want to force um, artificial scenarios that makes absolutely no sense to anyone. Um, so if it is a um, if it is a bot that's helping you with your schedule, it should there's makes no sense to have it really make uh, to live in a team. However, if it can help a team with its team schedule, then of course it should know the context that it's it's being addressed in a team's context and uh, adjust appropriately. And we do have some of our partners who are taking advantage of that um, that concept as well. Uh, again, we're not trying to force anyone down any sort of uh, work path that doesn't make sense. What we're hoping is they'll see new opportunities that this platform and this new conversation canvas provides them with the bots and channels, with the bots and with the static pin tabs, and with the configurable tabs. And so what can they do with these building blocks that they weren't able to do before if they were on some other platforms or haven't even investigated in a collaboration tool like this. And one other important point I want to make sure I highlight too is that when we talk about um, you know leveraging the fact that this is that you're pinning SaaS content in the tab, the work involved to make your SaaS um, solution 
shine on a tab. You could, in theory, just tab it, pin it as is and do no additional work. We think that's probably not the right solution because, for example, the deep link and the deep linking to entities that we discussed earlier is an example of where teams, where you're modifying your existing experience slightly to make it shine better in the platform. The work required to get your solution to work within a tab in Teams is very minimal and it's not custom code that needs to be rewritten. You're not re-architecting your solution from scratch. Um, to get this to function well in Teams. So um, again, we think with all these building pieces in place, we're going to see some really great, unique scenarios that customers are going to bring to the table that none of us have even thought of before. So you say there's minimal work to get your stuff shining in Teams. What sort of things are people going to have to be doing to get their SaaS application to shine? Really, where the where the, the configurable tab shines is the fact that I am highlighting specific content within a broader solution at, that is relevant for a channel where I've pinned that tab. So there might be some work. We have the config the config flow, which we've documented in our tabs documentation, where when you first when a user first adds a tab um, uh, to a channel. It goes through a config flow where the solution is asking, okay, what's the content you want to show here? And so there's an additional configuration page that needs to be created, but it's lightweight and ultimately is just redirecting to content that um, is just customized to show that subset. It's a, it's as if you went directly to the website and drilled into your subproject. What we're doing with Teams is we're providing the, the partner, um, the, the publisher, a way to put that up front, pin it, and now it's permanently on that tab pinned to that subproject of information. Um, additionally, having the ability to share out specific elements within that is additional lightweight work that they would have to decorate on their website, uh, but it's minimal and that's optional. It's just really um, something that um, publishers can choose to do to make their product even more valuable in that team sharing environment. And is there a way to discover those decorated team links, uh, deep links? Otherwise, uh, how do you how do you know how to share them um there right now um we've provided a way uh we've provided a tool or i'm sorry um uh, a javascript library that they can add to their website to their their pages and we provide a function there that create that deep link um and um it actually pops up a dialog box um that allows with a copy button that that the user can then click the copy and then go to their team channel and then just paste that link right there and that's and that's our solution. Of course, they can construct it however they want. Um, they can construct their own buttons, um, and we provide the documentation on how to how to structure those deep links um, so they make sense in the team's construct. Is there is there any is there any expectation? And I know you guys are just like sprinting to you know make the GA as solid and successful as possible, but. You know, kind of looking down the road, uh, Coatsy asked a little bit about, you know, what we can expect from, like, the extensibility vision being built out further. What's What can we expect from, like, an update cadence? Like, um, you know, the, the preview, it felt like things were – and maybe this is just because I'm I'm in some of our internal builds, but it felt like things kind of quietly slipstreamed and just started to work. Um, like, what is – what is the plan for like rolling out new extensibility things? Uh, like like how, like is there a certain uh, you know is it something that we can expect like a quarterly thing as needed? Um, and how would those be communicated? There will be a few big 
big beats that we're going to hit. Obviously, we got our big um, developer conference built coming up in May, and so we're going to have a lot of stories to tell around that. Beyond that, um, you know, I think our my goal would be to have a more of a monthly update of what's going on. Um, I bet, you know, so far teams have been operating as a scrappy startup within the monolithic Microsoft org, and so we haven't necessarily snapped to some of the more mature models for developer communications that exist within the company, and that's one of the things that I'm working on in the meantime while, while I'm, I'm trying to uh, help get the product shipped. I'm trying to snap us to some of the other communication plat- uh, platforms that we have. So take, for example, the the dev.office program. Um, Teams has not necessarily um, shown up there yet, and that's uh, something I'm working on to make sure that if you are developing on Microsoft, Teams is Teams is there wherever you're going to get your information anyways. Um, as well as I'm looking at what we can do to make a, a unique Teams voice, bring a unique Teams voice to the table. And I've uh, got some ideas on that that hopefully I'll be able to share out in the next few months on how we could do something that is unique for Teams um, and that provides the information that um, dedicated Teams developers need to be right on top of the information. But some of the other channels that are already there, taking part um, um, in some of the events and activities, like this podcast, for example, is something that we just haven't had time to do yet. And you'll see, you'll, you'll probably be hearing my voice and seeing my face and a lot more things going on here over the next few months and ongoing beyond that as well. So, you know, one of the great things about Teams in my mind is that, and you've touched on this, is the fact that it's aggregating all of the different, not only all of the components of Office 365 that are so crucial to what I do daily, but also like all those other SaaS applications. It kind of, it's that, it's kind of a dashboard of productivity in a lot of ways, but I think dashboard's a poor word because it's more interactive than that. Um, so one of the things that I think is really cool is we're seeing, MVPs in the community start to already like really embrace this. They're coming from the Outlook side of the house and from the SharePoint side of the house. Uh, in fact, we, we mentioned earlier today uh, in in the weekly updates that one of the our SharePoint MVPs, Victor Whelan, uh, created a Yeoman generator for building a Microsoft Teams tab, which I, I think is just a, a, a really cool story in, in my mind, given we're not even at GA with that yet. Um, what what sort of places are there? Uh, is there like community areas specifically for uh, developers that um, want to maybe like collaborate on ideas and things things like that around Teams? Our our community story. Um, you know, I'm again. I'm trying to snap to what we already have with Microsoft, so you don't have to do a scavenger hunt to find information on how to develop for Teams. So you'll see um, us show up in a lot of the existing infrastructure um, that's in place now for the broader Office developer community. In particular, the the channels that we're using for um, for community are based around where. Where, where the users already are. Programming questions in Stack Overflow, for example. Um, you know, of course, all the documentation that we're hosting and the samples that we're hosting on GitHub, that becomes a, a channel and a forum um, for us to communicate. And then um, we're in the process of finalizing what the right plans would be for anything that falls outside of that, maybe for distribution questions or business questions or that kind of collaboration. I don't have a place 
um, like that right now. And so, um, you know, I'm relying on experts like uh, you two to, you know, maybe steer me in the right directions to because I want to be where people already are rather than making them have to come out and find us and uh, to get their work done. I think that that defeats the purpose. We're trying to to, to make collaboration easier. And so uh, we'll be looking for where folks already are and plugging into the into the places that um, that are already existing. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll certainly have you back probably certainly around the build time frame, but as you know, new and exciting announcements are uh, coming, we'll, we'll make sure that we uh, get you back on here. And uh, uh, congratulations on all the, the, the awesome work. Excited to see everything land next, next week. Hey, thanks so much for the opportunity to talk about it. And uh, I'd I'm, I'm love to come back anytime. Well, that's all for this week. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all our podcasts, the developer program, and other amazing content. Also, make sure you follow us at Office Dev on both Twitter and Facebook. Until next week, get your code on.